IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Kirsten, yeah. people want to continue the conversation. You're hosting another call. It's soul tea and conversations for people to journey in to get to know themselves better in a peer-to-peer situation. It is a free platform. You can find it on my website, pureintellikey.com. Hi, welcome back, everybody, to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm Mark Stenson. I'm president of Bioscience Bridge, a heart-centered brand consultancy. And it's so good to be here with my co-host, Kirsten Gouldy. Hi, everyone. I'm Kirsten Gouldy, CEO of Pure IntelliKey, and I focus with leaders across the globe on inspiring them to achieve their highest potential. And that's really the whole purpose of our podcast. You know, here we are, Kirsten, season two, episode 58. I think I saw the other day that we just crossed, I think, 2,000 or so uh, downloads in the past two or three months. So things are really building because I think, you know, we're getting this feedback that these stories, there's plenty of business podcasts out there and there might be some spiritual or metaphysical practice websites out there. But we, we seem to be one of the only ones that is crossing or overlapping how conscious practices help us be better business people and be better people in general. Mm. You know, Mark, it's funny, as you're saying this, what's coming to my mind is, you know, when I speak with my clients, we often talk about high-performing elite athletes. And elite athletes really do have to go somewhere else to pull themselves, transcending their own performance seasoned executives have to do the same thing because they're up against the impossible. They have a dream and they have to make it come true. And the difference is they commit to shareholders, not to themselves, right? (laughs) So it seems to me that if they're operating separately, you're not operating at your highest potential. You need both to really hit that maximum output, if you will, kind of like the thoroughbred creates the thoroughbred. Yeah, we have to stretch a little bit. Well, it's within that conversation that we're so glad to have as our guest today, Chaitali Desai. Chaitali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mark and Kirsten. I'm so excited to be here. And I completely agree with your the way you describe your podcast. It's, um, I equate it when I'm teaching others is like it's building that bridge to connect both parts, because visually you can also see it better that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bridge is, is very key. Well, and uh, thanks for calling in from Long Island, New York. I know you and Kirsten are probably going to be sharing Long Island stories before we're uh, <laughs> too far gone here. Well, Kirsten, tell us a little about our guest and uh, then we'll jump into our program. Yeah, I'm excited, Mark. You know, we were introduced a few years back, although we haven't had an opportunity to formally meet. So one, it's a pleasure to finally get to meet our guest today. But two, I've watched her. I follow. I'm a studier of people, what people do. And when I'm introduced, even though it might seem like we haven't connected, I've stayed in. I've watched, you know, Shatali has this beautiful present on social media. She supports other people on platforms and also really is a a positive influence. So she's a business strategist coach, which focuses on on using your online marketing strategy and leveraging social media, but also is an intuitive transformation coach. So I'm excited to learn more and hear more. And I, just because of how she and I were introduced, I know she has that spiritual side 
and I know she has that business side. Shitali, hello and welcome. Glad you're here. Yeah, thank you, Kirsten. I actually, thank you for bringing up the global side of it. I, you get so used to being who you are that you forget what's you, what you can bring to the table sometimes, if that makes sense. And so my global side, I just take it for granted. But as a corporate family, we, you're right. We have um, moved all over the U.S. and we've moved overseas. We were in the Netherlands, um, South Africa, Zambia, and then now we're back here um, stateside in Long Island. But seeing life from all those different vantage points, I think obviously it opens your mind, especially having moved to a country where you don't know the language. And while everyone speaks English, you know, you always want to put your best foot forward and try to, well, belong in the space, to belong in the space that you're living in. I think that's another, another reason why social media speaks to me. Social media, people forget that the whole point behind social media is to be social, to go and to make authentic connections and meet people that you vibe with or that you have that sense of like, oh, I think you and I have something in common. And that's that's something that's so powerful, but is so missing in so many, for so many people when they come to social media, they're just a consumer and they get stuck in that, like you said, that microcosm. And I'm hoping to bring people out of that to see that there's so much more to social media that you can utilize for personal growth, for your business growth, for connections like this. I mean, this is amazing. Because when Kirsten and I were introduced to each other, I actually was living in the Netherlands. Yeah, you never have that cup of coffee, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, tell me, one of the things that strikes me about some of the, the messages that you're sending out on social media, this idea that you want to help people take inspired action. Those two words together really caught my eye that, you know, some people like inspiration and we all like inspirational quotes and so forth. And then we often encourage people to take action, but boy, together, those two words mean a lot. What, what do they mean to you? And, and how does that come into your uh, work with clients? So for me, we all get those nudges, those little gut feelings, or um, you hear something on the radio or you read something and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But so often people stop at the, oh, that's interesting. And they, they don't build that bridge to say, I can do it. And that's, I always feel like I'm this like funny architect helping people construct that bridge so that if you have this idea, how you can do something with it and take the action behind it. Because it's great to be inspired, but it does nobody any good if you don't do something with it. So that's where the inspired action for me speaks to me in, as in the way I've operated in life and then how I'm wanting to help others operate. And as you lead them through that building process, what do you feel, I guess, holds people back the most from taking the action? Because they feel inspired and yet what's keeping you from hitting the go button? Because we're human, I have seen the number one thing is a fear of what someone is gonna think because you're stepping out of side of your little comfort zone, not only your own comfort zone, but the other person has put you and expected you to operate in a certain way. So now that you're taking this action to do something different, that social medium that you've, that you've created, your connections start to shift. And then all of a sudden the human fear of like, what are they going to say? And what'll happen if I fail? You know, it's interesting when I, I don't know how we're getting on social media, but this was a, kind of a theme of our last conversation as well. But, you know, part of the reason people go on to social media is they want to be seen. 
they want to be acknowledged. It's a way to communicate without having to communicate, right? Because not everybody's great with speaking the language. They need to illustrate themselves in other ways. And then they're not seen. And then they're not or doesn't perform or doesn't act in a way it's supposed to. And then there's the disappointment and it pulls out. And, you know, our last guest pointed to longevity. You have to have some, you have to have play the long game, not the short game. But how do you see that working? Because I feel like there's something in the way that I've watched you operate. You're very interactive. You're very positive. You're very supporting. You make sure other people's stuff is being seen. What can you offer around that? Well, first of all, thank you. That's a huge compliment and I completely receive it. Thank you so much for that. And true, that is something I learned. Not so much the being supportive. Certain things are innate just as my personality, but coming to social media, that is something as a business coach, that is something that I have taught or that um, my colleagues and I teach because so many times people come to social media and they think that I have to have this perfect persona. I have to have this model-esque body. All of my words have to be really thought through and just right. And they don't come to social media like themselves. They get lost in the sea of the people or in the collective and they lose who they are. So then they're not seeing, not because they're not coming to social media, but because they're not coming authentically and just being themselves. They're trying to fit a persona that's not them. And that energy comes through before their words will come through. Mm -hmm. So it kind of almost puts this weird block. That's very powerful. That's very powerful. And I know you do a lot of work with females in the work that you do. And for females, there's a lot of time that goes into even before that screen time goes on. Right. You're saying that I'm not uh, fixated (laughs) on my model-esque body? You you may be. I don't you may be. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's why this is a podcast and not a YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's daunting the idea of being out there visually. What will people say? You know, I don't look like Kaya Ra, if you will, for those who don't know, she's a spiritual leader. She's absolutely stunningly gorgeous and her artwork is around it. And while she's very authentic, that's very daunting to say, well, how does my look interact with the public look. That's a big one, why people don't go live. Definitely. And it's a mental block, a physical block, an emotional block. But the key to all of it, I, it really at the end of the day, is how, how much do you accept yourself, right? If you accept yourself, you're coming to, no matter your platform, even if in real life you're connecting with people like uh, meaning not on social media, but like if you're at the coffee shop outside of COVID at time, how are you connecting there? It's the same concept. So it's, it's fundamentally, it's how you feel about yourself. The more accepting you are of yourself, the more comfortable and the more confident you are, regardless of the platform you've chosen. Mm. And it's interesting. So Mark, I'd like to turn this for a second and make you the interviewee, if you don't mind, because you really sparked something. Do you mind the hot seat? (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So I may mention- This is a growth moment for me. (laughs) (laughs) We're building a bridge. Yes, we are. We're building a bridge. So I talked, I spoke to the female aspect and 
you know, I, I suppose that I have to look at my own blind spot and assume this is the same difficulty for men. So I don't want to alienate the conversation for men here. And I also have a hard time because I know you. I mean, you're like Mr. Personality. You can talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere, anyhow. So I get, I hold you up there, not down here where I'm stuck, right? But how does it translate for men? I'd be curious to know on the other side. Well, no, I, I think, Shaitali, one of the things you have also said is to hit the action button, you know, to, to show up, you know, to put your content out there, to put yourself out there. And so I don't think, you know, in that regard, it's much different, you know, maybe male and female. But I think people still, no matter what your gender might obsess over, is this content because we're so like trained now to think about this as it it has to be perfect. I got to get my story right. I got to get that little starburst just right in my Instagram story feed, you know, Uh, all these things that are just obsessive. And the time suck is I think what we're all also reacting to is that you you open up a social media platform and you think, well, I'm just going to take a quick second here to post something. And then you look up an hour and 15 minutes later and you've been crafting just the right little article or just the right little visual. And out, out of that judging, I want to look good. I wanted to get 101 likes, you know, whatever those vanity things are. And I think that's what you're both speaking to. And if it comes down to that, the vanity is really no different. You know, it, it might be expressed different, but we're still looking, as you both said, for a positive judgment, you know, <laughs> some, acknowledge- well some acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. But Shaitali, I'm also interested, you were talking about your work with women, but you yourself are a mompreneur. Tell us about your own experience then in building a business while also trying to build a family. Oh, it's an interesting, I can't even use the word balance because I don't think balance really exists, but it's, it's learning to really prioritize what has to be done that day. For an example, if there's a doctor's appointment, if there's a live or like a webinar or something like this nature, and if there's... I don't know, laundry, like as small as that sounds, that laundry has to get done still, right? So it's just about prioritizing each day. I'm not a long-term thinker uh, completely. Like I have an idea of what my long-term goals are, but I don't plan down to the minute. And I'm, and I'm learning that, but it's just really, it comes down to picking what's the priority for the day for me. And typically it ranges from three to five different items that I know, okay, these must get done today. And if it doesn't, it's just going to, if it gets carried over to the next day, it's even more complicated. And so it's, it's just a balance between the business, the, the, the personal things and just life in general, like people have to eat, people have to have clean clothes. <laughs> so like, you know, the basics, the basics. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Can't come on your podcast because laundry is taking precedent right now. We've all been there. But it's so true. Like I will tell you, even coming on today, I was like, I don't know what to wear because it's a Zoom, but it's a podcast. And I'm like, oh no. So then, you know, I was kind of like, okay, what's clean? It's like, that was. (laughs) If we're being very honest, that's how it looks. It's a a lot of pressure. (laughs) 
Well, we and we've all talked to the people who say, you know, it might be remote work, and many many companies now are sort of saying, you know, you've got to have your camera on. You, but what's going on in the background of life? Anything could be coming in the background at any moment. <laughs> But That's so true. Is that that authenticity? I guess I go back to, you know, where, yes, we want to put on our best face forward, but is it really too much? You know, can't we just have a Zoom call like among friends? Would you, would you fret about what you're going to wear if we were just meeting for coffee? Um, a little bit, yeah, but not to the, not to this degree right. because of not knowing, right? So there was that factor of like uncertainty, so to speak, but at the same time, while I would still want to be presentable. Of course. But I wouldn't be so concerned because there would be like that uh, that certainty, like, okay, I know I'm going to a coffee shop, ABC is going to happen. But like back to what you were saying, the whole new way of living, the way of operating business, of working, there's some, there some missteps that definitely come along with it. And you never know what's going to happen in the background. Like I'm lucky, but my husband, his office is in more of like a high traffic zone. So... There's always that. <laughs> What's he doing right now? <laughs> Anything could be going on. Uh, well, and then we're all zooming schools at home and you know everything else. So yeah. uh, this is so good. Well, I, I think I then, you know, we take that from your own experience being the, the business person, but but you're also talking about now the the concept of leadership that now we're trying to bring others in our when we say community, just our circle. You know, we don't have to have a department that reports to us to be a leader. But what are you seeing in that regard and what people perceive in leadership, again, in companies or in nonprofits and whatever, that as you're talking to your circle of people, you know, what, what is a good leader in their minds? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say from the feedback that I've received and just watching my clients or our coaching clients, it's all about leading from the front. It's a very akin to parenthood. You know, it's one thing to say, go do ABC, but it's more important to be doing ABC to show not only what I'm saying I'm doing, but to show that when you're leading from the front, yeah, sometimes it doesn't look great. There are times where I've done a live and, you know, it froze or I forgot what I was going to say, but it's the connection again, between being authentic and leading from the front. Like I'm doing it, you can do it. And in turn, you become everyone's cheerleader. That's great. And I guess in your own journey, certainly you've had ups and downs and left turns and right turns just in even moving internationally and, and back and forth and so forth. What, what have you learned about that leading from the front? <laughs> so growing up, MacGyver was a really big popular show. <laughs> he always had his duct tape and his Swiss army knife. Two my random wife, things. My wife's number one show, even to this day. So you know where I'm going with oh, this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you always had the paper clip. With <laughs> <laughs> the paper clip. Bravo, yes. Look, you never know. Uncertainty is, you have to become friends with uncertainty. But you always have your personal toolbox like MacGyver had where you are able to say, oh, okay, this is not what I expected, but we're going to duct tape this and we're going to make magic out of it, right? And so I think that is something that it has taught me to learn how to course correct it within the moment. And even if it doesn't come out okay, it's okay. You make peace with it and you have to release the expectation of the outcome. I think that has been a massive 
shift in how I operate, how I feel, and what I'm also seeing in, again, other clients, like that release, it almost is like freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, as you're speaking, what I hear is an incredible amount of acceptance within yourself, within the tasks that you're undertaking, right? The inspired actions that you're undertaking, but also about the way the future looks. How do you get to that level of acceptance? Because there's a lot of serenity there. When you're really friends with uncertainty, you're accepting exactly how it's going to turn out and how it looks in the moment. I have never thought of it that way. Okay. Um, I've never equated the two as acceptance, but as you're saying it, like, oh, like, oh, I can see that. Um, a lot of self-development and reaching out to other coaches, like every coach has a coach. And I think that is something to own in the coaching world that sometimes people don't want to talk about, but, and to accept it, uh, to use the word, but that's how I developed that okay, especially releasing the outcome was not something that came naturally to me. I'm a type A personality and I want to know how everything's kind of going to fall out and what it's going to look <laughs> right. like. So it was really getting that kind of support to say, no matter what it comes out to be, it's the taking of the action and learning as you went along. Then if it didn't turn out the way you expected, where could you have shifted or what can I do better the next time? So personal development, and just continuous improvement. And I'm thinking of when you watch the sports rooms of, you know, the greatest players, when you're watching, you know, the, the shows, yep. they're constantly in the rooms, re-watching their plays over and over and over to see where they could improve upon their skill. But then they go out and they practice it over and over. So I think those are some key take. Why would life be any different if we really okay. want to be at our highest potential? I think... I think people separate the two because we idolize our sports um, heroes and they get put on a pedestal, but we forget that we have that innate ability. It's just mm -hmm. about making it into action or taking that action or you get that idea and doing something with it instead of putting that on the pedestal with your sports people. Oh my God, were you and Mark talking before this call? Because I swear <laughs> I'm talking to Mark right now, okay? <laughs> I'm such a big sports fan that I, you know, I can, that's like my, it's, it's a thing for me. So I can be like all about that. And I actually, I taught a course last week talking about visualization and how athletes use it to prepare, okay, this is what it's going to look like. And so it's fresh in my head. So it must've been in the collective today. There you go. Well, I'm also curious, Shaitali, because you know, your background, I guess, if we dial all the way back to your education and your, your early career, you, you know, science and a medical practice, how do those scientific, I guess, principles overlap now and inform some of your more intuitive principles and the, and the practice that you're doing today? Oh, so in my um, medical background, I was in molecular genetics and medical technology. So I was like the researcher wow. in the background. And I always was fascinated to see like, what can science do? Or how does science help? And the driving principle is to be of impact. Even then, not really knowing where life was going to go, I always wanted to help people. And that was the easiest way. Um, so I learned everything I could. Uh, then uh, on the job, I got I was blessed to have loads of training. And so I was always learning and 
helping always seem to go hand in hand with me. So that's actually how it comes into play today. I'm still a researcher. I want to know how you operate and how can we shift that to make you to pull out that potential that we all have inside. That's interesting that the mindset of the researcher, the you know, natural curiosity of uh, you know, looking underneath things and digging a little deeper is yeah. uh, sort of built in, isn't it? But I think it must be the same for you guys, right? Like, especially in this line of work, you have to have some like sense of curiosity as to like, why does someone want to be who they want to be or what is stopping that person? Like to, to be the natural questionnaire kind of person correct well we're well we're trying to to keep that open mind and you know this beginner's mind we all talk about if we say well we've talked to you know 50 people we all know well that's <laughs> that's not very curious is it so and i think what i what you're also speaking to and it's the old adage you know to be a master you have to be a student and to be a student you have to be a master because you only keep it if you teach it that thirst and that hunger for continuing to educate ourselves. And I'm not talking necessarily about the college school system or, you know, our public school system, but to have the thirst for expansion and knowledge, if you can live within that, that'll fuel many passions. And I think that's what you're speaking to. Fair, it's true because you never know what one road, what path it's going to lead to next. In all honesty, I did I always loved the, the idea of what I'm doing now. I didn't really think I was going to be, ever be doing it, but one road left, led to the next, to the next, and well, here we are. And I'm doing the thing that I had thought about years back. And so it's, it's just interesting as long, and that goes back to the inspired action. You get that hit and then you try to figure out like, okay, that sounds interesting. How am I gonna do that? Like, again, going back to just naturally being inquisitive mm -hmm. and curious. And then now, as, as you look over the horizon, uh, what, what do you feel is ahead? What's next for you and your work? Um, ideally, it's just to make the impact on other people. Because if I can do it, I know everybody else can too. And, but it's just helping them see it in themselves. So it's really just to be of more impact. Exactly what that's going to look like, I'm not sure yet. It's pretty open, but it feels big at the same time. I, I love, I, I even typed down the notes, the driving force continue to be an impact, be of impact, right? Yeah. Both in science and personally, right? It's a scientific principle. So I'd love that. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting for all of us. 2021 has a lot of, there's so much potential. You can feel it in the air for everybody. Yes. 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 It's, it it's is, brewing. It's quite palpable for sure. There's a renewed optimism for sure. Well, Shaitali, what a terrific conversation. We have enjoyed it so much and uh, loved hearing your stories and your journey. Thanks for Thank being you. with us. I've loved this. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me on today. Yeah. yeah. Well, how can we connect with you and learn more about what you're working on? Oh, well, I'm all over social media <laughs> <laughs> and I have my website. Shaitali underscore B underscore Desai. That's on Instagram and on Facebook. 
but we will definitely connect with you there. Well, our guest has been Shaitali Desai and just a wonderful creative energy, intuitive transformation coach, all about business strategy and entrepreneurship and working with her clients in a very consultative. And I love the visual analogy of building this bridge because there is the inspiration, but then there's the action that we have to take. And I, I just don't think we can reiterate that enough and underscore that enough because that's really been a key takeaway for me. What about you, Kirsten? Yeah, that, I mean, that inspired action really spoke well. And like I said, I know it lights you up, which then in turn lights us all up, right? Because that action is what makes it come to pass. And then the other piece that I love, you know, what's an actionable takeaway for those in the audience, right? I have a lot of clients who are always stuck because they're not inspired to none of their actions are inspired actions. They're just things they have to do and they bore them. So it's creating your priority of three to five things a day. If you look at it from that, that makes life so much easier because I don't know about you, but my book of things to do because of all of my creative inspired thoughts is enormous, right? (laughs) Where do you start? But that three to five things a day, just figure out what you need to do today and allow the rest to flow. I think that's brilliant. No, I think so. Thank you. Because it opens up space for creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on our program and sharing that. And listeners, thank you for coming by. This is an example of the kind of stories. And that's why we called it IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Because if we just sit here and give you the bullet points and the textbook answers of what you think a great leader should be, then you're going to miss the personal, almost adventure of being and growing into leadership. And that's what our guests provide. So come back again for our next episode and we'll share more about people and companies and organizations of all kinds growing into their full potential by pursuing their soul's purpose. And that's what IntelliKey is all about. Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson for IntelliKey Leadership Stories. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson, Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, we talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.